Keeping up with the news all day sucks, so let me do it for you. Do not cook your chicken in NyQuil is a very real thing people are having to say right now. And this because that is the latest version of the never-ending list of why the fuck would people even do that challenges. But yeah, people on social media are cooking their chicken breasts in NyQuil for the sleepy chicken challenge. And my only reaction is the question of, if you do this, what happened? Who dropped you on your head and have they apologized for you? And I don't even, I don't even want to warn people not to do this because if you're stupid enough to actually do this, maybe we should just let it happen. But the FDA doesn't have the same mindset. But the agency now now having to release a statement warning people that messing with over-the-counter medicines for social media challenges can have consequences. Also, even if you're doing this like for a meme and you're not going to eat the chicken, it could still mess you up. With the FDA saying that boiling a medication can make it much more concentrated and change its properties in other ways. And adding, even if you don't eat the chicken, inhaling the medication's vapors while cooking could cause high levels of the drugs to enter your body. It could also hurt your lungs. And you could accidentally take a dangerously high amount of the medicine without even realizing it. But y'all, I don't know how much longer you're gonna be able to keep this up. I think the FDA is like two challenges away from being like, fuck it, just Nike, just do, do it. it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. There's probably no crossover between people who consider FDA warnings and people who want to cook chicken with NyQuil. Just gonna make a little educated guess there. And then, quick reminder, if you're new here, make sure you're subscribed because I'm splitting $10,000 across 10 lucky subscribe beautiful bastards this month. And also, whether you're subbed or not, this is your friendly reminder that you only have five days left if you want to get in on the brand new beautifulbastard.com drop. You got the keep going, tie-dyes, exclusive bringer of Sadness World tour gear, ghouls just want to have fun, the beautiful bastard monkey. And finally, this slew of awesome posters, which definitely jump on. Some are signed, some are unsigned, some are incredibly low on stock. So get what you want while you can because it's going away. And then, schools have a swatting problem right now. Awesome, as if it wasn't scary enough to go to or send your kids to school already. Our schools nationwide have been dealing with fear and chaos this week. There's been this massive trend since the start of the school year for fake calls reporting threats of violence on campuses. So you have police showing up to these schools for no reason, oftentimes resulting in a lockdown or evacuation. On Monday in the Washington, D.C. area, there were three schools targeted by hoax calls. Nearby in Virginia, same thing at multiple schools with one 911 call specifically reporting an active shooter. In San Antonio, officers were dispatched to Jefferson High School after a report of a shooting in progress. And while obviously in all of these incidents, this was SWAT this was all a hoax. During the process of the last one where they're clearing out the students, they're assessing the situation, there actually was a massive altercation with the parents. They rushed to the school wanting to get their kids out ASAP. They end up clashing with police. There's tons of screaming, some shoving. Parents obviously having the horrors of Uvalde on their mind. You had one guy breaking a window with a nearly one foot long knife, injuring his wrist. That same man later getting thrown down to the ground by an officer. That were not only highlighting the chaos, but also a lack of trust between parents and school police. And we're not done, right? Remember, this is just a few. Like in Colorado, several high schools got prank calls or they got swatted. In fact, it's been reported that at least 30 active shooter false alarms and threats were made at schools last week. And while there's always an expectation of there being an uptick at the start of the school year, reportedly the last several days and weeks have been unusually hot. And my reaction to this is maybe it's overkill, but I think that if you swat a school, every single parent gets to take a bat to whatever part of their body they want. Because not only is this taking a real toll on the, the parents, the students, the teachers, where you're calling your kid, you're not able to get a hold of them, you're in the situation, you're wondering, oh my God, am I going to die? But then even on the opposite end, even worse, what if we start getting into situations where people just don't believe that the threat is real. People don't make immediate defensive actions because they're like, it's, it might be fake. But yeah, let me know. Uh, bad or no bad? <laughs> and then, let's see how many stories we can transition together. Starting with the YouTube button does not do what you think it does. Or when you hit that dislike button, maybe you're telling YouTube, I don't want videos from this person or this channel or even on this topic. But a new Mozilla study of YouTube found that the dislike button only stopped 12% of recommendations. And even when people hit the don't recommended channel button, you're just plainly saying what you want. It only stopped 43% of unwanted video recommendations. Which is people wondering, is the YouTube system just broken? Or is this YouTube going, eh, what you say you want and what you actually want are two different things.
things. Which, I mean, could actually be the case. For example, we keep seeing quiet quitting in the news, or the idea of doing the minimum required to keep your job. A recent polling found that 82% of young workers say that is pretty or extremely appealing, but only 15% are already doing it. And interestingly, the, the desire or the people at least finding this appealing, almost completely equal across a number of demographics. 79% of young men, 85% of young women, 82% of white people, 86% of black people, 79% of Asian people, even across Democrats, Republicans, and independents. But at the same time, the number of people actually doing it incredibly low, and respondents said that on average, they work eight to nine hours per day. Also, a weird job to have right now, especially if you're working that eight to nine hours, is teacher slash librarian. And that's because books are getting banned in America at a crazy rate. In 2020, the American Library Association logged 156 attempts to remove books. In 2021, that number jumped up to 729 attempts. And it's expected that the numbers this year are going to be even higher. And according to reports, well, yeah, the, the news that a book is being banned, it can actually help the sales. The ALA believes that 82 to 97% of book challenges aren't reported on, which is also part of the reason we've seen things like the Brooklyn Public Library launching Books Unbanned, which allows anyone across the country between the ages of 13 and 21 to get a free e-card, and with it, access to 350,000 e-books and 200,000 audiobooks and multiple databases, or because institutions in some states aren't banning things that institutions in others are. Also, in New York, they care about kids getting their eyes on books, but they also care about having their eyes on you. With the governor of New York now announcing they're going to install two surveillance cameras in all 6,400 subway cars by 2025. With the governor saying, you think Big Brother is watching you on the subway? You're absolutely right. That is our intent. With this appearing to be connected to just horrible subway ridership numbers and reportedly underground crime becoming way more common in the state. But also in Iran, they're having to wonder what happens when the crime's happening above ground in broad daylight by the so-called police. With the Iranians flooding the streets yesterday to protest the death of 22-year-old Kurdish woman Masa Amini. She reportedly died last week after she was arrested by Iran's morality police to enforce laws like requiring women to wear a headscarf and loose-fitting clothing in public. And then, even more horribly, seven people have been killed in the protest so far. And then, I want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's show, Native. Native is an aluminum, paraben, cruelty-free, and vegan deodorant. And I gotta say, this deodorant goes on smoothly. It's not clumpy or sticky, and it dries quickly, perfect for on-the-go. Native's cabin collection, it brings the woodsy feel of autumn with scents like wildwood and cardamom, warm cider and cinnamon, toasted marshmallow and vanilla and cashmere and rain. Right, scents that make you feel like you're sitting by a campfire. I've been trying them all. Warm cider and cinnamon, definitely the standout for me. They've also got their citrus and herbal musk, or I mean, there's the go-to unscented. They're all awesome, but that warm cider and cinnamon, it just makes me feel like it's fall. And Native stays all day and claims 72-hour odor protection even after a full day of moving around or exercise. They also don't have just deodorants. They offer amazing body washes and toothpaste, with Native offering a 100% plastic-free version of their deodorant using the same formula, but with more sustainable packaging. Three deodorants are usually $39, but if you click that link down below and use code DeFranco, you'll save over 33% and get 20% off any body wash or toothpaste just by using code DeFranco. And then, Russia's sending 300,000 more soldiers into the wood chipper, I mean Ukraine. That's what sad Vladdy just announced in an address to the nation, saying that the new batch of bodies will be pulled from the military reserves. So we're talking people with military training, including some reserve officers over the age of 60 who are getting snatched out of retirement. This movement set to roll out over a matter of months, giving a signal that Putin is in this for the long game. And to give you some perspective with that 300,000 number, Moscow's initial invasion force in February only counted around 190,000 troops, plus the thousands of pro-Russian separatists in the east, with more being recruited since then. And there is some 25 million ordinary Russians whom could theoretically be drafted to fight, but as of right now, Putin has stressed that he will not conscript any soldiers.
soldiers. Though there did not seem to be universal trust in Vladdy the Weak. With a flood of Russians booking into the airport with the price of flights out of the country soaring. Like it reached as high as $9,000 for one-way economy class tickets from Moscow to Istanbul or Dubai. And flights to Belgrade have sold out for the next several days. And understand, it's not like the current military is all volunteers. Russian men aged 18 to 27 have to serve. Usually for a year, but there are some exemptions. And just last week, video came out of the head of the Russian mercenary Wagner Group recruiting from a prison, promising inmates freedom if they fight for just six months with his group. Also in response to the criticism on social media, he said, it's either private military companies and prisoners or your children. Decide yourself. But really, I think the key takeaway here is how desperate Putin is getting. With many analysts seeing this move as an attempt to renew the war effort following the Ukrainian military's stunning counteroffensive earlier this month. And it'll be interesting to see if this move from Russia is effective because Russia has always had the numerical advantage. Right? They have more bodies, but Kyiv, they've been able to hold their ground largely thanks to impressive military strategy, advanced Western weapons, and superior troop morale. But, and it is the mother of all buts, one thing Ukraine does not have is nuclear weapons. This brings us to the second important moment of Putin's address that grabbed headlines, his threat to start World War III. With Putin saying, if the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we will without a doubt use all available means to protect Russia and our people. This is not a bluff. Also accusing the West of trying to destroy Russia and engaging in nuclear blackmail by discussing the use of nukes against Moscow. And those remarks were later followed by the editor-in-chief of Russia Today, the state propaganda channel, tweeting, judging by what is happening and what is about to happen, this week marks either the eve of our imminent victory or the eve of nuclear war. I can't see any third option. Now, the thing is, no one's trying to take over Russia, but the problem is what Moscow considers its territory. Right? They just announced that four enclaves in occupied eastern Ukraine will hold referendums from Friday to Tuesday on whether to join Russia. Which, just to be clear, this is a total sham. This is the same thing that was done with Crimea in 2014. But those votes will pave the way for Moscow to claim, hey, that's ours. With them set to formally annex parts of Ukraine the size of Hungary. Though notably, in this case, those areas are far more contested than Crimea was. And I'm just left feeling like, man, it is true. History rhymes and repeats. You see instances of fascists marching through the streets, the threat of nuclear war in the air, low-rise jeans came back. And I'm not sure which of those is the scariest. And then, what the fuck is happening with Twitch right now? Like many of you, I've just been watching from afar going like, what the fuck? It's just been back-to-back -back stuff. It started with gambling addiction and scamming friends and fans and uh, then sexual assault accusations and cover-ups of it and a gambling ban and Twitch messing with the money of their creators. So let's try to slice through it, simplify it, and make it consumable. So on Monday, we talked about the Slicker scamming scandal. He would fake needing the money for things, and then he'd ask and get money from fellow creators, fans, someone that was going through chemo. And in addition to the reaction online being, man, fuck that guy, people also used it as an effort to say, hey, we should ban gambling on Twitch. Saying that while Slicker wasn't streaming his gambling, he was an example of what happens to people who get hooked on. And so we saw streamers like Pokemon and Mizkif organizing efforts to boycott streaming the week before Christmas, which is a major time for ad revenue. And on places like Twitter, launching like campaigns saying, hey, if you don't want gambling on Twitch, like this. With all that leading to this huge breakthrough yesterday where Twitch announced that it was banning gambling. Kind of, sort of, some of the time. Under the new rules starting October 18, creators are prohibited from the streaming of gambling sites that include slots, roulette, or dice games that are not licensed in the US or other jurisdictions that provide sufficient consumer protection. And even going on to name the big players in the space, Stake.com, Sorry Drake, Rubet, and others, while clarifying that that's not the end all be all of the list. But also saying that sports betting, fantasy sports, and poker sites will still be allowed on the platform. This move is Twitch mainly taking aim at crypto casinos located in places like Curacao due to the lax regulations there. And following the news, you had some loving it, some hating it. And post ban, it'll be interesting to see what large gambling creators like XQC and Trainwreck do. Right, do they find a loophole? Do they stream somewhere? else. Because I mean, these gambling sites have poured an ungodly amount of money into the sponsorship deals. Like we're talking numbers that even people who are morally against gambling would be like, well, maybe. And so it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out. 
But this was only part of all the chaos. While all of that was playing out, we also saw the potential downfall of Miskiff. Where he and Trainwreck got into an argument in Asmongold's tweet about Slicker. In the now deleted tweet, Miz said that if Slicker was banned for scamming people, then Trainwreck should also be banned for shilling a failed crypto at one point. To which Trainwreck shot back with, brace yourself. Are you going to send Maya and Mitch to railroad and blackmail me like you did those girls to cover up all those sexual assaults, you fucking scumbag piece of shit? You want to come at me and make shit up, then you better be sure you don't live in a glass house, you insecure pussy. With him then going on to clarify that Miskiff did not sexually assault anyone himself, but instead helped cover up a sexual assault a buddy allegedly committed. With that being a pretty clear reference to people in the space, to allegations made by streamer Adriana Lee against Crazy Slick, another streamer, last year. Also, because we're throwing out all these names that many of you don't even know, this is a different Slick. This is a different person. Right? Last July, a streamer that used to be friends with Adriana accused Slick of sexually assaulting Adriana. But this had to have occurred while she was blackout drunk at a party in January of 2020. With Adriana saying of the situation in a twit longer, Slick was acting weird. He only went into the room to check if she was still alive. By seemingly checking her pulse by touching her neck and chest. At the time, she described it as an uncomfortable situation, but not rape or assault. However, Adriana now claims that she initially intended to be more forceful in her accusations, revealing, The twit longer is a diluted version of the story that was proofread by Maya, OTK, it was Maya, Mitch, and Barry were there with me. With her then clarifying that due to the power dynamic between her, Maya, and Mizkiv's OTK organization, she felt pressured to allow them to proofread her stuff and downplay what happened over fears that she'd lose access to the group, which also eventually happened anyways. And adding salt to the wound, there were also clips like this one where Mizkiv downplays what happened. Of what you can deem of it, it's sexual harassment, whatever. At a low scale, it's not really a big deal. I don't think people really gave a shit. And really cared. And based on that, it seemed like there was a plan to protect Slick because he faced essentially no repercussions for all this. But also, things may be a little more complicated. Right? To be clear, no one except Slick denies Adriana's claim that she was sexually assaulted. But Maya, Mizkiff, and others are claiming that they were working with imperfect information at the time, and Adriana somewhat backs that up. I've only recently figured out and found out, especially with all the sitting, that it's sexual assault. Because yeah. even yesterday, we looked up the definition on stream, and that's what it was. Well, it's like, even, you know, when that stuff happens to you, you don't immediately, your first reaction is like, that didn't actually happen. Like, it's not as bad as, it's not that bad. You exactly. know Because I mean? like, you try to gaslight yourself. So of course you're going to say that at first. And a number of experts would say that her friend is right, that it's not uncommon for victims to take some time to come to terms with what happened to them. So with that in mind, Maya's claiming that they only went over to hear Adriana's side of the story to see if they had to kick Slick out. And so if Adriana hadn't even come to terms with what had happened to her, it makes sense why she may have agreed to Maya's request to include that it wasn't sexual assault. But whatever the situation may be, Maya has since apologized and said that she should have never inserted herself into the situation. And in general, online, it feels like uh, whether people believe Kiff intentionally tried to cover it up or not, many have assumed that at best, Slick's just a fucking creep. But then, because when it rains, it pours, a ton of women have come out about their experiences with Slick. With people showing his DMs to them, showing that he sent unsolicited dick pics to them even when told to stop. But also, Slick has not been happy about the allegations, denying them and nuking his social media. But in addition to Slick, the biggest spotlight right now is on Mizkiff. And sticking with the idea of when it rains, it pours, things kept piling up against Mizkiff. Or you had people like streamer Ice Poseidon, who seems to have been kind of laying low for a while due to his crypto scandals. But here, seeing a chance to come back and release DMs from Mizkiff that show outrageously racist language. So all of that combined led to calls for him to be kicked from OTK. Though, notably, Mizkiff has some ownership in the company as an initial founder, so that might be unlikely. However, the company has since come out to address Mizkiff's actions, saying, due to the seriousness of what's been brought forward, we have begun the process of contracting a third-party legal organization to investigate the issue in detail. In the meantime, Mizkiff has been placed on leave and will be stepping away from his organizational duties pending the results of the investigation. With Mizkiff himself also addressing the controversy, writing that Slick is kicked out of the house and apologizing for his actions, 
actions and adding, a little while after Slick's misconduct came to light last year, I made some inexcusable statements on an alt stream after some chat messages got to me. To Adriana and all those affected by sexual harassment, I am sorry for those statements. Sexual harassment, regardless of degree, can never be considered small, and while my intention was to clarify a misleading chat message, I chose my words poorly and my response came off as downplaying what should have never been downplayed. And of the racist DMs, Miz also said, I was a dumb, edgy guy who said a lot of stupid things to my friends to try and come off as funny and cool. I can't change what I've said, but I can change who I am and how I conduct myself. I'm proud of how much I've grown these past four years, but I know that there is always room to improve. And finally, going on to clarify that he made his decision to back Slick based on information that he was given at the time. And so right now you have people wondering, is there going to be a serious investigation into Mizgif, or is all of this just an excuse to hide Mizgif away for a bit until the next big controversy drops? Oh, and like I said, uh, Twitch just changed the revenue share at the cost of the top creators. So I don't know, that whole platform seems like it's on fire right now. But that is where that story and today's show ends. And hopefully you enjoyed your daily dose of news poison so you can do something else with your life for the other 23 hours and 40 minutes. My name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.